Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Stop, stop, stop! We're podcasting the wrong episode. We need to do the biblical genre. The Patreon episode will be a hit. But my biblical genre is up next. We don't need to do biblical. The Patreon episode is going to kill. There is more to our podcast than just the pick. All right, Mr. Showerwater, tell me. Well, he who picks the episode must face the final challenge. (laughs) What final challenge? An assortment of crappy picks littered throughout the biblical genre itself. Like B-rate films with actors you semi-remember from movies as supporting actors? Oh, yes. But I found the formula to safely make the best pick in the Chronicles of Rotten Tomatoes movie choices. Well, what were they? Can't you remember? I wrote my pick in the blue folder you gave me so I wouldn't have to remember. Half of the season is recorded and you're worried about a subpar pick? It is an episode! Yes! Our weakest selection must be both the crowd pleaser and a personal goodie. What about Jack? Jack would agree with me! (laughs) Two circle-jerking podcast hosts. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's for blasphemy of a biblical episode. (laughs) 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 Oh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Nathan. I will be one man frantically waving a ticket around, afraid to be thrown off of Zeppelin. And I am Jack Zeem. I want you to ask yourself, Nathan, why did you pick The Last Crusade? (laughs) Was it for its glory or for yours? (laughs) Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, which is, I'm sorry, the best Indiana Jones, arguably? We're about to complete a great quest. The Holy Grail, Dr. Jones. Oh, rats. This is it. Look. The shield is the second marker. We found it. Indiana Jones is on the quest of a lifetime. But for some adventures, one Jones is not enough. Dad? Junior? Don't call me that, please. Follow me! I know the way! race across three continents. And in this sort of race, there's no silver medal for finishing second. Hang on, Dad, we're going in! Into the homeland of the enemy. Nazis. I hate these guys. Our situation has not improved. In his search for the Holy Grail. Are you crazy? Don't go between them! Go between them! Are you crazy? Where's my father? In the belly of that steel beast. Dad! Junior! You call this archaeology? The quest for the grail is not archaeology. 
It's a race against evil. Germany has declared war on the Jones boys. Those people are trying to kill us. I know, Dad! It's a new experience for me. Happens to me all the time. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Have the adventure of your life. Keeping up with the Joneses. Your picks so far this season have made my dick hard. <laughs> hey, they've, they've, there's nothing wrong with that. They've been pretty great. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'd say the best. I would say it is probably, you know what, might be the most successful, most appreciate, possibly. It, it definitely has groundbreaking things in it, much like you know the first scene to be completely, you know, digitized, have digitized like CGI early, you know, 1989 <laughs> CGI in it. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's, oh, it's a solid, solid pick. And it's, it's a great end to the trilogy. And yes, I say an end to the trilogy. <laughs> well done, Drew. Yeah. Well done. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I don't think that The Last Crusade could be made again in this, no. in this era. It was made at the, the perfect time in history. Going back to what we talked about way back with the Willow episode where it's the convergence of CGI and the mm-hmm. best fucking mm-hmm. practical effects that you can pull off. Oh, yeah. Minus a tank going off the cliff. But but that's neither here nor there. Everything the tank going else, off the cliff was fine. Everything else really... But, but they... They made their own tank. That yes, was like, right. I think they used like an old tractor frame and built a World War One tank mock-up around it. That's fantastic. And I mean, even the puppet that was like on it, that was, you know, <laughs> it you around. can see it flop and hit the ground. <laughs> I mean, if, for me, if I didn't know it was a puppet, I'm like, they lost an actor. An actor clearly died in this scene. John's ass and his shies off. I had a big <laughs> but even the uh, the scene where the the boat gets pinched between the two uh, barges and gets launched out from flaming launched flaming <laughs> out like little that spine. was a real boat. They did two takes yep. for that because the first one they launched landed too short. They're like, no, we gotta we gotta that's rookie distance. <laughs> We're gonna need you guys to redo that one. But today they would just CGI that. Oh yeah, and then you get like the really bad. Over CGI, where they're not even using real blanks in the guns, they're just CGI muzzle flashes onto it. Yeah, but um, this movie is fantastic. I remember seeing it in the theater with my mom and my sister. Fucking it, we would have been too young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 1989, 1989, we would have been three. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, every time I see this movie, it just ah. Uh, Venice. (laughs) This had moments in it where I remember the first time watching it just completely captivated. Like Mm. I was so hook, line, and sinker in this film from the get-go. And even after all these years of watching it numerous times, I still am like, wait, how does he get out of that one room? Oh, yeah, like the magic box or, you know, just... (laughs) And, okay, so <laughs> I do love that. X Come on, kid. never ever, ever mar- marks the spot. Yes, spot. Little subtle moments, but let's start from the beginning. So, River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just everyone raise your glass. Raise your glass. <laughs> raise our claws. <laughs> raise our claws. Ain't no walls when we were drinking claws. <laughs> it's okay. He was attacked by a ty- by a lion. He was and cut. And yeah, that's a, you know, I, I I do like the the tiny little scenes like that, like where he takes the whip to you know try to like ward the lion back off. 
It gives the origin of the cut on the chin. Is this? And where he got the fedora. And, ha- and You his, lost today, kid. And his, Doesn't mean you right. have to like it. And his freak out of snakes. Which earlier, he was all like, it's just a snake. Calm down. But then he falls into that crate full of them. Oh, he was like Dale from King of the Hill. He had pocket <laughs> snakes after he fell <laughs> down. Like, the one guy grabs him and it comes like out of his sleep. Pocket snakes. <laughs> that is That is hands down, I think, my favorite Dale Dribble moment of King of the Hill. <laughs> Pocket saying, <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> Is that maybe one of the best and shortest origin, like concise, well done? Mm-hmm. It got you the information minus uh, Mr. Panama, who um, maybe changed your outfit after twenty years. Uh, <laughs> He's got a style, and the audience needs to know who it is. <laughs> but it is—it's a good jump from in the house. To suddenly 30 years later, and it's just, it's great. And he's like, this is the second time I've had to steal my property back from you. Yeah. Uh, one of the henchmen that was in the uh, the uh, archaeological site that he steals the, the cross of Coronado from. The Indian, the young boy, or the older, like, man with the <laughs> bandolier. So, if anybody has ever had uh, or raised or participated in the raising of a small boy between the ages of five to ten. <laughs> the one guy who's constantly hooting. Yeah! yeah woo, 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 woo. We I feel paid. like that's just constantly <laughs> happening in our household. I love that when they're on the train and he goes to grab it and the snake comes out and he's like, snake! Snake! You can see him in the background holding it and just jutting it around still. So he's still yelling snake while holding on to him like, let go. Let go of it. Dad, count to 20 in Greek. <laughs> it's important. No, it's not. And that sets Check up out. a little bit of a glimpse into their relationship mm, as well. Very much so. Um, yeah. just Well, did he ever tell him to wash up? You know, to read your mail? <laughs> he respected his privacy, encouraged his self-reliance. But it's also good to know that Harrison Ford, like, handpicked River Phoenix. To play young Harrison Ford. And River Phoenix, in turn, uh, took his his acting, uh, his inspiration from hanging out with Harrison Ford, just his mannerisms and all that. I think he did a pretty good job. No, I think it was great. Here's, I think, a question for the ages, though. Had River not died, would that be the person, would he be in episode, uh, episode four? You mean or he would he would he, he have been Shiloh LaBeouf? Butch no, or, not or Shia Mutt or, he or been, whatever the fuck his name was? Would they have Is just, it Butch? I think it might be Butch. I thought it was Mutt. I don't care. I don't and know. No. no, I'm not going to watch it again to find out. <laughs> but would they have just instead of using or maybe flashback between Harrison Ford and River Phoenix as kind of like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thought. It we'll never know. I just feel sad for for both River and for four. Four just blech. like you feel you feel bad because of the fourth film. No, I, well, I feel bad for River because he died, obviously. Well, but I feel like yeah, duh. But I feel bad for the fourth because it yeah it it was such a flop that well it was just it's just poor writing and that's that's not Spielberg that's and, Lucas's fault. And Shia LaBeouf. That's see that and, and Kate Blanchett and like, Kate oh, Blanchett. like I love Kate it, Blanchett, but let's do Russian. I mean, her of, her yeah. Gila in Ragnarok gave me the yeah. feels, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Drummed up all those goth goth feelings again. <laughs> oh, and, uh, I, I love the memes where they they, they, they have Gila and Galadriel, and it's like get you a girl that can do both. <laughs> <laughs> this is why there's that meme where it says like. 
They never say trust an elf. I never understood why. Right below it, it's all the Marvel characters that every elf played in Lord of the Rings is a villain in Marvel. (laughs) I asked for one good Indiana Indiana Jones movie. She gave me three. (laughs) (laughs) So last weekend, um, we started on Friday, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then went into the uh, Temple of Doom and then did my my second rewatch, I think, on Sunday. I still, great, great movies. Temple of Doom gets a little flack, but I still fucking love it. Temple of Doom, now I'm not saying it is the better movie. Your favorite. It is my favorite. I love the intro. Um, it's all, I think it was also my first, so I think that's why it's my favorite, because it's more nostalgic to me. Like, I went around as a kid going up to people going, Kalima, Kalima, you must go to Pankat Palace. <laughs> And by Shivalinga. Monkey brains. <laughs> the stones. <laughs> they took the stones. This is more than these people eat in a week. <laughs> you call him Dr. Jones. <laughs> you cheat. You cheat. It's so quotable. It's okay. It's great. Maybe a Patreon coming up. But I, I feel that this <laughs> is the best of the three. I, the other group, and the, the other agree. two are still fantastic. I agree. I, I agree. Would, I would attribute this more towards the cast selection. I think the cast oh, right. kills it in this one. Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, just the choice of Sean, Sean Connery, Connery as yeah. the dad. What is, what is this, the second perfect. or third third appearance Sean Connery has made in, in, uh, in Return movies? of the Fields? <laughs> no, in season three, just a oh, lot. Just I feel like he, he was in uh, Untouchables. Highlander. 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 Yeah, there we go. This yeah, is three. This is the third one. This is three, yeah. And I mean... He, when they cast him, Connery felt like unsure about it because he's only like 12 years older than Harrison Ford. So he's like, I don't know if it's going to work. But they had great on screen and off screen chemistry. And even Ford said, I love and respect working with a man who doesn't give a shit. Not about the acting, but more about his own reputation and like what precedes him. Because everything was just about the business and getting it done. I thought you were one of them. Dad, they come in through the door. <laughs> it's a fake. It's a fake. <laughs> you can tell here on the cross section. Oh. <laughs> My son's not that stupid. <laughs> it breaks the heart. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I can't Their believe what you did. <laughs> Their relationship is so well done back and mm. forth because just when you think that, you know, Sean Connery's getting a little bit soft and, and bringing Indy closer to his heart, he kind of has that moment where he, like, checks the watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what time is it? Yeah. Well, when they think that he fell off the edge in the tank the and he died... Yeah. Oh, God. I've lost him. And I never told him anything. I just wasn't ready, Marcus. Five minutes would have been enough. I thought I'd lost you, boy. I thought you had to, sir. Well done. I find if I just sit down for a moment... (laughs) 
But solution presents itself. Him embracing him after they thought that he died off the edge of the cliff with a tank, and he just brings him in. He's like, I thought I lost you, boy. That scene, super amount of feels. Just yeah. like, it washes over you with feels. And then immediately, he's all like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and and the, the, the coming of age story, the origin story, it's very overdone. It's nice to see a different take on, you know, a grown man reconnecting with his sort of his, his estranged father mm-hmm. later on in life. It is a compelling story. And I'm, I love that they don't make him a dick. Like, because you have Han Solo turns into divorcee dad that's just kind of like, man, like, grumpy. I'm just a smuggler. That's not now. what the like, force is about. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, way to ruin this character forever. Like, it's true, Nathan. All, <laughs> all of it. it. <laughs> but. But they made Sean Connery, you know, Henry just, he loves his son. Look loves- what, Junior, look what you did. I can't believe <laughs> I can't what you did. did. <laughs> he's so appalled. But he knows that he's dealing with Nazis. Come and on. <laughs> Harrison Ford is still acting at this point. He hasn't sort of become the curmudgeon old man. It's sort of like I did uh, a rewatch of uh, Cowboys yeah. and Aliens not too long ago during during the height of the original quarantine. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I did too. I rewatched it as well. I, I mean, it's... It's not bad. I liked it on the second rewatch. Yeah, it's not uh, bad. But he sort of has graduated into this curmudgeon one-tone sort of actor. He's like, it's a fucking paycheck. Is that when he did with Josh Hartnett, the uh, pop uh, duo? Um, he did it with uh, Daniel uh, Craig. Uh, Daniel Craig. No, I, I meant like, is that when he started? Like, is that when he started getting curmudgeon Yeah. Or? Where he was just oh, like, yeah, just, man, forget and, this. And in uh, the, the Crystal Skull, like, there was no... Not a whole lot going on as far as like actual no acting. Like there was no like the uh, uh, is is this a castle? We tell your lord we are here to view the tapestries. <laughs> tapestries. <laughs> if you are a Scottish lord, I am Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yes, this is a castle, and we have many tapestries. <laughs> How dare he? Actually, in different uh, in different versions around the world, it, it went from different lines of like Zen I am Mickey Mouse, then to like Zen I am Popeye. I heard like Jesse. Owens or something? Like a Latin version had like I am Popeye and... Oh, really? There was like a, a certain like figure that they said and they're like, ah, scrap that. Might just what, be like iconic for and, where it's going out. And that's why they were like, ah, let's just do it AR to best mm, suit. Going from his continued work into, you know, slightly becoming I'm like, ah, why should we be doing this? I recently watched uh, Call of the Wild with Harrison Ford in it. And okay. With the CGI dog? Okay, I was I honestly had never seen a trailer. I was hoping that it was actually a real dog. Wait, it's a CGI Every dog. Every single whole time? all of them are CGI. What? There is not one real animal it's in this. It's just entire. Harrison Ford it's in a green screen <laughs> and like they're just pouring buckets of water on him. No, it's actually buckets of money. They just CGI that as well. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, you you grow like crashed his my character. plane. That's I gotta get another one. That's why he's Put me in the shitty movie. He's drowning because he's just putting money in his mouth. <laughs> I'm taking this with me. You grow to like his character, but since it is a PG, you don't grow to like the dog. It's a PG movie. It's super campy, very family friendly. They avoid almost all correlation with the book. Oh, uh, but I mean, uh, it was it was okay. It wasn't great in any you know 
stance, but well, let's let's cover a little bit of some of the other cast members. Of course, we've got uh, Allison Duty as Elsha Schneider. Ooh, boys, Sweet mo- that's how they say goodbye. <laughs> huh? uh, as you, uh, Denholm Elliott again reprising Marcus Brody's John Reese Davis as Sala, uh, Julian Glover as Walter Donovan, mm-hmm. also who played uh, General Veers yes! in uh, Empire Strikes Back, and he played the Grand Meister Picel in the Game series HBO series that shall not be named. And, uh, yes, and uh, was it the guy who played? Uh, so Coleman was the man uh, who was also in James Bond. Yeah, and yep. then you know Sean Connery was Bond. Sean Connery got shot by PP Seven, and uh, <laughs> Michael Vogel who did, uh, or sorry, Michael Byrne who played General Vogel. He also had a, a little bit part in Braveheart as the guard that uh, me of my that tries to. Um, Get rape. friendly. Yes, oh, rape. Yeah. Yes, just to uh, charge uh, the line, so to speak, with uh, Mel Gibson's wife. Uh, and then uh, Kavork Malikian, who played Kazim, who actually was supposed to be the first Sala, but they could get John Reese Davies for Raiders of the Lost Ark, so they cast him instead. So they brought him back as Kazim. Done. And I love his character. Yes. Yeah, there's a certain <laughs> amount of gravitas. <laughs> my, soul's pre- my soul's prepared, Dr. Joe. How's, How's yours? <laughs> He's very strong in his fate. Little too strong, you know, ready to just die, like right there, just, you know, Really? That's it? You're you're gonna you're gonna die right there? <laughs> I mean, that's going out like like a bandit. Wow. <laughs> but but I, I sort of feel like he that knew. boat accident would was survivable. Like Oh, they like, could have easily jumped off in time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's one of what six or six different chases that's in Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. There's the horse chase, the train chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the boat chase. There's the motorcycle chase, which was not part of the original film until the actual preview of the film itself. Oh, yeah. They they added it back in because Spielberg did not think that there was enough action for it. And the preview audience that saw it in the preview, because whether or not they kept it in, liked it so much kept it yeah there's the air chase the airplane chase scene uh they, there's sorry, even son. them getting chased <laughs> they got us. on the ground by an airplane uh but it it's just it's very organic um mm-hmm. this movie is just it's one of the most watchable films i think we've done so far uh, I think just, so too. just, just base watchability. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Did you know that the original title of Last Crusade was Indiana Jones and the Monkey King? Yeah. Originally, Wait. Spielberg had written an eight page outline where Jones was going to be fighting a ghost in Scotland, which reveals the source of the Fountain of Youth. There he's <laughs> led off to find the Monkey King. Is this when, like, Spielberg just is like, <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Hear me out. <laughs> all right, so the Monkey King, and they're like, all right, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. We don't and then have- George Lucas is like, a droid army, and they're like, God damn it, Lucas, no. Just quit it with your fucking droids, okay? <laughs> the Clone Wars. <laughs> We've got um, the incredible composition and soundtrack by John Williams. John Williams. Yep. I almost blanked on that for a second. <laughs> now, does, do him and Spielberg just like work? Really well together. So perfectly together. I, I mean, does Spielberg go, listen, this is what I am envisioning. And then John Williams is just like stroking himself right there. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, possibly. I mean, I, you have you have such success going from the films that they already worked on with them and continuing so. So obviously the idea when he calls upon you and says, hey, I need work and music for this movie. You already know that it's possibly going to have immediately good feedback 
and yeah. you know it's going to be a success. Uh, some, I, so, it was sometime around 2006 or 2007. I was still living in Dayton, Ohio, and the Dayton Philharmonic did a one night show, a John Williams Appreciation Concert. So they did the Superman theme. They did some of the music from um, what was the Holocaust one again? Schindler's List. Schindler's, Schindler's List. List. Yeah. Uh, they did a bunch of Star Wars music. They did the main Indiana Jones theme, and then they did the motorcycle chase theme. That okay. Absolutely fantastic. The score during that scene it always gives me a little bit of chills, and I love when he grabs the the flag, yeah. tucks it under his <laughs> arm like a lance. <laughs> <laughs> oh. mm. Which I almost wondered why his dad wasn't just like you know. How chivalrous, you know, but he was still very like, mm, check, check the watch. Mm. <laughs> your, I, your violence and dis- disdain for human life bores me. I, I think more so like his dad has been the excellent bookworm, as it were, part of the like archaeology side. He's literally what Dr. Jones is preaching about in his classroom where he says like, there's no treasure hunting. We don't go to buried tombs. You look for you look for facts. You don't look for treasure, which I think is what his dad embodied. And secretly, Indiana Jones is like, yeah, do as I say. Not as I do, and this is really what percent of archaeological work is done in the library, <laughs> and that's kind of the thing. We're like, you know, he grabs the gun, he shoots the Nazis, and he's like, "Look what you did! I can't believe what you did!" <laughs> and then he even says, like, his greatest thing is the Grail Diary. He's like, "My son wouldn't be that stupid to bring it along, <laughs> would you?" Well, how did you know, Dad? She talks in her sleep. Oh my God! <laughs> and he's just like <laughs> smiling, which kind of wait. Oh, am I not supposed to smile? Which was an improvised line, and they left in the film. <laughs> Indiana Jones and his father are fucking Eskimo brothers. <laughs> He's like, I'm as human as the next man. I was the next man. <laughs> oh, did you know they bred 2,000 rats for this movie? Oh, rats. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. 2,000 rats, which were insured at $1,000. So if they lost over $1,000 in rats, they would be they would be compensated for the fact that $1,000 in rats were actually lost. And for, for whatever reason, it wasn't even a specific reason, for whatever reason, every rat survived. And they, uh, a lot of the, not all, but a lot of the Nazi uniforms were, were real. They found a cache in, yep. in Europe around that time. And wow. the production crew got a hold of a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's it's just kind of a neat little little tidbit, man. And that the all I have to do is squeeze that whole scene. All I have to, to do, do is scream. scream. That whole oh. scene on on my second watch. You my, do not my third. <laughs> that's what you came back for. <laughs> the second watch, I kind of sympathize a little bit with Elsa because she is watching these. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. I don't think that she's, like, above reproach or anything like that. She definitely is in the wrong, you know, she picked the wrong side. Sorry, Elsa. But you can tell that she, like, when she's watching all the books being burned, that she's kind of genuinely sad about it. Like, wow. Like, what do they do? Like, really? And so she kind of just walking off and is almost, like, excited to see Indy in a, for a sec. She's like, oh my you gosh. You came back like, to me. And... <laughs> Don't do that. I don't like fast women. <laughs> and, and I don't like arrogant men. Oh, you goodness. know she's just waiting for that. Do you want to burn some books now? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Woo. 
But she she has a moment where she's like, um, I, when she says, "I don't believe in this book burning," you know, or "I don't, I believe in the Grail. I don't, I don't believe in the swastika." Like, and truly, she is out for herself, so she doesn't really care if it's the Nazis or anyone else. And at the end, she totally reveals it of like Indy, like we, can oh be, yeah, like we like Elsa the seal, Elsa. When, and she even is like, "Oh yeah, Donovan, like here, take this." Which Donovan plays the long con in this. He donates to the museum over, like, years and years and years, gets the trust of Indiana Jones. Well, I mean, nothing's to say that he's been, like, doing this for, like, the longest time. Like, I mean, he could have just been brought up inside, you know, the Nazi hierarchy or, like, inner circle recently. But he is a man of wealth. He has been a man that has contributed towards history. But I think it does, you're right, imply that he has been searching for great things. If if the Nazis want to rule the world, they're welcome to Right, he doesn't. But see, he I'll doesn't be care. drinking my health yeah. long after Hitler goes away at the dodo. Yeah, <laughs> shooting me is not going to get the grail. You're right. <laughs> oh, you know, Doctor Jones, you're no, absolutely right. right. <laughs> <laughs> the the scene on the Zeppelin with uh, Sean Connery and Harrison Ford having their father to fa- father to son conversation and rebonding. Uh, both of them not wearing pants. What in the hell is going on here? Where are your pants? We were hot. Took them off. They, they said, don't want to be sweaty. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to be sweaty. Sean Connery said, like, unless you want me like wiping my face every five minutes because they couldn't film it somewhere cold. They had to do it in the dead heat of Spain. And so he went pantsless and Harrison Ford's like, yeah, I'm not going to wear any pants either. Like they couldn't do the Zeppelin filming in studio. I, I don't know. I don't know the wherever they had to film it. It was in Spain, yeah. And okay, I mean the the Zeppelin flying away, and you know the the Nazi like commander like shaking his arm at it. You know, clear CGI and you know computer uh, image, just like a Diego. (laughs) 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 Always with your pants off. (laughs) Rolls Royce Phantom (laughs) Two, and I even like the color. (laughs) They were so disappointed. He's like, "What do you have to trade?" He's all like, "Treasures from the greatest families," and he drops it around. In Germany, volunteered. Why did we burn them? <laughs> you should have soldiers and tanks. <laughs> One car. No camels. Most <laughs> <laughs> Hindi. That's four camels. <laughs> I have to replace the car. <laughs> I love it when the tank fires and they're like, oh, they're they're not they're way out of range and it hits. The, that was my brother's car. That was my brother-in-law's car. He's the funniest person when he's when he's uh, walking around with um. Oh, who's the guy? What's what's the um the the dits? He's like he get lost in his own museum. Marcus, oh, Mar- Marcus, Marcus Brodus. Does, does anyone speak English or perhaps ancient Greek? No, 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 no. Thank you. Fish make love in that. Oh, Mr. Marcus, we're here from the uh, for the Museum of Antiquities. Oh, that's great. Can I <laughs> run, run, <laughs> papers, <laughs> papers. Oh, yes, paper. Yes, English or the Egyptian, you know, tabloid. Like I just finished it now. Run. <laughs> Did you just say run? I love that Indy has this like little like. RPG party. Like, got, <laughs> he kind of does. Got Marcus, who's like, maybe like the bard? I mean, I don't even know. No, what well, actually, you know what? Marcus might be the bard. He's like a smart man. Uh, very Genius of the restoration. <laughs> Helps us with our... We're, what was Exaltation. it? Exaltation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you have Indy, who's just kind of like your sharpshooter fighter, like bronze. Uh, Indy's, Indy's, your, Indy's your ranger. <laughs> Indy is your like your fighter ranger combo. Kazim's the paladin. Oh, Kazim, very yeah, very righteous. <laughs> or would you call him a monk? Because he uh, no, 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 no. He's he's a paladin because he has to follow an oath. Yeah. He's yeah, he's guarding the uh, the secret. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Agree. And he tries to kill half the party. Well. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> he has betrayed Why are you buggy? trying to kill me? Because you're looking for the grail. Alexandra! <laughs> Underneath the library, which... Indy, look! The Roman numerals. I think that's the only scene I have an issue with. Is the, the petroleum. petroleum. Yeah. And then, like, if it's, if it's uh, sort of flammable enough that a lighter can light it's it. It's so dri- like the pieces. Then, yeah. As soon as he lit that torch or lit the lighter or broke through so like much that gas would have been trapped underneath it. Gone, yeah, it gone up. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, it's still a beautiful wonderful film. <laughs> the uh the seagulls that were actually on the beach, um all fake. <laughs> all the seagulls were fake. They were fake seagulls lined up and the ones that were like flying away since seagulls can't be trained, they had to use pigeons. I remembered my Charlemagne. Let my armies be the trees and the rocks and the birds in the sky. When when the plane goes through the uh, the mountain, <laughs> the look on the pilot's face! Like, oh my gosh, I'm on fire! <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that that brings up another interesting point. We and I don't think we get a lot of this in a, in some most movies, but the the sound engineering, the editing for sound in this film, mm-hmm. it's. It's so, so wonderful. Like the, when the water tank crashes down on the ship, causing it to blow up, like you get that screeching metal sound. When the, uh, the car blows up, just all of the punches, the gunfire, all of it is just fantastically done. And it really keeps you in that sort of that movie moment. Does everything feel like Disney or does Disney just capture Indiana Jones, like on the ride that well? That it feels like you're in the mood. Like, is it the chicken or the egg? Because well, you know, on a, like you mean like the actual ride, like at, at, at Disneyland? Disneyland. So, but well, I think when you have um, S- Salah welcoming you, welcome, my friends, to the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. I, Salah, shall now give you counsel to safeguard your miraculous journey. Here in your transportation devices are ingenious pouches for safekeeping all earthly treasures when the journey becomes bumpy. Like that's that's a one that's one thing. Yeah. You're already walking in, you're waiting, you're in line. To be welcomed by that familiar voice, I think is definitely setting you up for an adventure. But there is oh there's, there's it's, it's little things. It. It, it adds all it all adds up. It, you're you're putting together the perfect recipe for a ride. And on the so when you, I think the biggest part that I'm like, oh, this feels like this feels like just like a Disney set, like a Disney like uh part of the ride or something, I think, because like the waves are crashing very like movie-ish. It's not, you know, it's definitely not a uh, a natural wave. They didn't train well, waves. Yeah, they, yeah, no, yeah. Like, <laughs> not movie-ish. <laughs> they didn't train those waves. Fly, yes. <laughs> Land, no. <laughs> uh, but I don't know, just the the way that the ship is like designed, it just feels like it, that is just cornerstone Disney. That is just yeah. their like couturement, just how they do it. So I don't know. But I love it. I love how familiar it feels, especially when you go to that ride and you're just like, oh, I'm in it. This is great. Even though the ride over the years is kind of like... I mean, from what I remember from going on, I mean, it's it's been quite some time. Biv, biv, biv and aqua. He who sips from the cup of Christ shall have everlasting life. And I like when he dips his finger into the champagne to sort of like scratch off some of the dirt that's on the the grail tablet. It proves that the nice tale is true. (laughs) Donovan with the long con. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. I, I love it's, this movie. It's great. I think you have one of the best 
And to say that it is the best of the trilogy, and it is, again, a perfect way to end a trilogy where it should have, you have the greatest character arc for Indy. And it's it's really... The dog? It, it, sums, <laughs> it sums it up for the fact that, like, he's, he's desperately reaching for the grail, reaching for the grail. And then, finally, the first time throughout the entire movie, you have the dad just say, like, Give me your other hand. I can't hold on. I can get it. I can almost reach it, Dad. Indiana. Indiana. Let it go. And he stops. And your your heart should stop with it. Yeah. And, it's just, and he's like, Indiana, let it go. Does anybody else feel terrible for the Grail Knight, though? Oh, he's just like, hey, guys. <laughs> Bye. He, like, he, he's going to die. He hasn't talked to anybody in hundreds and hundreds, and 700 so years. So and he said, these guys come and fuck up everything, destroy <laughs> the, the entrance to the temple, and then there's just yeet on out of there, as the kids would say. And now he's going to die because he can't go back. He can't go down there and grab, you know, the, the Grail anymore. But th- I don't think there was another way they could have ended it. The Grail had no, to no, be no. lost. Obviously. It couldn't just be locked in a crate with Obviously. top men. Even, even if Elsa had taken, you know, even if she was possible to get the Grail out of there, she was clearly going to take it away. And she yeah. would have le- she would have left the knight to die anyways. But I do love the knight. He's like, although you are strangely dressed for a knight. <laughs> it's like it's been 700 years. Time passes. <laughs> And I like the little puzzle at the end with the the menagerie of of different grails. Like, you have to pick the right one. I like that little bit of... Because Elsa's a bit of a bitch and backstabs uh, the the long con. And and she's all like, here, let me pick. And he's like, oh, yes, yes, this this is is truly the cup of kings. And she's like smiling and Andy like... But you know the knight had to have gone mad a little bit, uh, stir crazy. He's like, well, fuck them if they're not going to come for the grail. I'm just going to bake a bunch of fake grails. It'll kill them if they fuck up. (laughs) You know half of his day is just all like, what is it? Is it Thursday? All right. Time to wipe off and dust all the grails. (laughs) Rearrange them. Should I I do it by height? No, we're going to go by shininess. I mean, you gotta imagine, like, he's just listening, and he hears someone at, like, the first trial, and then it's like, the blade. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he's like, uh, they never make it Only the penitent man, penitent man is humble before God. Humble. Nails! <laughs> Do you think it's maybe his job if someone actually <laughs> made it to the word, or the word of God trap, and he has to go back and reset those stones, like, going down to, like, the cellar, getting up on a ladder, and, like, re-cementing. He's like, he's like the, the demons of Tomb of Horror. He's just like, oh, you're right. Uh, you're right. Been the, uh, there's probably a hilarious local legend around Alexandretta <laughs> about the cup thief. This guy's been coming around to his family for hundreds of years, just stealing pretty cups and chalices out of people's homes. Where do they all end up? Now we know. <laughs> well, I mean, so the question being, if if the eternal life is solely with the cup and it just can't go beyond the temple, he doesn't have to stay in that room. He can obviously come out to, you know, the foyer. But if he were to leave the temple, do you think that he would age normally or would he just like dust as soon as he went beyond? No, the no, I think that he, he would probably just age normally. Yeah. And, and I think that the, by drinking the cup each day, I think that 
it just it like, just prolonged his life. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm trying to think like since you know uh, Doctor Jones Junior and Senior both drank of the cup, so it's trying to think like did that just cure like are, every ailment that they had? If like Indy secretly had like tumors growing in him, are they gone now? Because I mean, it took away the bullet wound from uh, you he know. He does have COVID though. We know that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Too political. Are you guys ready for segments? Let's segments. Much better. It's better in person. <laughs> but, uh, oh, segment one. Come on, Dad. Come on. What about the boat? Stop going on the boat. Uh, Henry doesn't understand that we already had a boat chase and we need to uh, spread the wealth of adventure. Uh, so the plan changes with mu- without much debate. Was there ever a trip that either of you uh, were intended to go on, you were mentally packed and excited for, only to have it changed at the last minute for a very different experience? A uh, bonus, one or multiple people get hurt. I can I can get feel it. the first one. So uh, it was spring break of my freshman year at university, and uh, we had plans to go with two of my good friends. One of them is my, is my best man, and my other buddy, Chris. And then his friend, he was more of an acquaintance like a friend of a friend we sort of ran around the same group of people and this kid had uh, his family had land out in Colorado uh, and like a little cabin on it so the plan was we were going to drive from Ohio out to Colorado stay there on this land in the cabin for a week and just do what you know 18 19 year old college students do which is drink and smoke smoke marijuanas but the guy that whose land we were supposed to go to was very controlling and he's kind of a dick too so there was like a huge implosion and falling out like two days before we were supposed to leave and the trip just got canceled he was like it's my land it's my cabin fuck it we're not going what? so wow. we had we had to we had to like completely just come up with a new idea so the three of us decided uh you know chris and rob and i decided we'd just go down to red river gorge in kentucky i've mentioned a few times in the past and we just camp out there for the week and we survived off of uh, jtms which is a very very low quality frozen burger patty we got several packages of JTMs, Kraft Singles, Buns, Hot Dogs, and there's another brand they used to sell at Kroger called FMV for maximum value, and it was the bacon. It's like the worst bacon you could possibly is it, is it imagine. Actually even bacon, or is it just like... I, I, like, there was no amount of cooking that would make it crispy, <laughs> like... <laughs> It would be like it, what you could cook it for half an hour in its own fat, and it would still end up this this gum chewy flabby piece of shit. Not a bacon. Yeah, this butter so, doesn't want to spread. Uh, and my buddy Rob was dabbling in photography at ta- at that time, and so he took a lot of pictures all on black and white film, and he still has those pictures. Uh, so it's interesting to look back, and we'd like customize our campsite. Like we had some inclement weather for a few days, a lot of rain. So like you know, with with uh, using a, a knife and some twine rob made a drying rack for our our coats and our clothes so we could dry them out rob also brought like a knockoff bad katana that he had gotten in like Catlinburg. So you add alcohol and marijuana to that. We're like cavorting around the campsite, slashing at bushes with a with a katana. It was one of the best trips I've ever had. So capping this all off, we are going to drink up the last of our booze the last night we were there. And there was a fair amount. And we got hammered. 
And there was a little path off of our campsite that uh, led down to a cliff that had a nice overlook of the gorge. So we had been going back and forth there, hanging out, taking our chairs out there, enjoying the sunset. At some point, when we had gone back to the campsite proper, Chris decided that he was he needed to take a dump, but too drunk to drive to the porta potty down the road. Instead of going out into the woods and digging a hole, he took a dump square in the middle of that trail. And then he stuck a twig in it as like a warning flag, like, here's my big steaming pile of dump. And I'm like, I can't believe you stuck a twig in your own shit. And so later on, after we've almost finished everything and we are are fit to be tied, he decides he's going to go down that trail and smoke a cigarette by the Outlook and steps in his own shit that he put the twig in. <laughs> so the weather was really nice that night. And I decided to to lay out the tarp next to, uh, next to the fire. I was just going to sleep in my sleeping bag by the fire. Rob went into the tent, passed out, toot sweet at, you know, around midnight. But he didn't get into his own sleeping bag. He got into Chris's sleeping bag. So Chris comes back, sees me setting up shop next to the uh, the fire, and he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. But he's got all this shit on his boots that he's not aware of. Oh, he's not aware of it. So he goes into our tent, trailing shit goblets. Oh, no. And then grabs the only other sleeping bag robs and gets into it without taking his boots off so he wakes up in the morning and i just i remember coming to and hearing him like what what is that fucking smell what oh god i'm covered in shit So I still I'm still in contact with these guys. I still talk to them a lot. So there there's times where we'll be hanging out and having a beer or just shooting the shit. It's like how's be like, all right, I'm gonna go use the bathroom. I'm like, well, don't take a dump in the hallway. <laughs> stick a stick in it and then step in it later on. It's just one of those great moments of of uh, you know that looking back. It was a great it was a great story, a great time. If I could time travel, I would go back and and see you and I'd say, Jack. Mind the poop, mind the people, <laughs> mind the alcohol. Too, Too many, many minds. <laughs> Too many minds. And with that katana, it'd just be perfect. Oh, he's probably bent over <laughs> shitting that out going, Ute! Ute! <laughs> perfect. <laughs> you know what? I actually, I thought of one. Okay. While, uh, while we're sitting here. It's, it's not entirely... You know, to the degree of Jack's. If it but involves shit and a stick in it, I'm calling foul. <laughs> it does not. Uh, so, I mean, just uh, one night I was hanging out with my friend Katie and we were just, you know, out driving around Bakersfield, just hanging out, cruising around. And we jokingly say like, you know, we we need to go to the beach. That'd be a fun thing to do. And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's go to the beach. Let's plan, uh, let's plan a trip to the beach. That'd be fun. I was tired and I fell asleep in the front seat of the car. The next thing I know, I wake up and we are in San Luis Obispo. <laughs> She's parking the car, getting out and stretching her legs. And I wake up and I'm like, did we drive through the night to the beach? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you said you wanted to go. And I'm like, like tomorrow. <laughs> like like next week. It is tomorrow. Like it's today. Like, like plan it's this. only a day away. <laughs> So yeah, um, so she drove us to the beach then, <laughs> and I did not know uh, it was happening. Woke up by the beach, boy. A lot of mercy. <laughs> In college, one of my uh, my roommate, his name was Corey. We he was dating a girl who was very artsy, and he was pretty artsy too. He was a kind of a weirder guy, but he was very cool. We were going to go to her like art exhibit, like 
opening. She had a display that she was uh, doing at a local like little art shop. And we're walking in downtown and uh, we're in, in Pasadena and we're walking. And I remember, oh, it's Frodo. Frodo. Frodo, the oh, door. There he is. Frodo hey, Baggins. Meow. That's why he sort of moved on my mother's side. So we're, <laughs> so we're walking. Talking to me. And I noticed Corey like is texting a lot. And then all of a sudden, like we make a sharp churn. And I'm like, I don't know. Where, where are we going? And he goes, I don't know. I'm just walking. <laughs> she's, she's a bitch. Like, ah! Oh, <laughs> okay, I guess we're not going anymore. <laughs> and so we keep walking and Corey says, hey, there's a concert just a, just a, like about a mile up ahead. You want to go to that? And I was like, well, the night's been kind of shot to shit. So guess I have no choice. Guess, yeah. And we go to it. It's a local like pop punk kind of metal show. And it was um, it was a day to remember uh, opening up in their first time ever playing in California. They were uh, like an unsigned band. And who? A band called A Day to Remember. Oh, okay. I thought that was actually the name, an unsigned band. Oh. <laughs> no, but uh, it was, they're, they're kind of a popular band now. And oh. I was like, Corey, this has been a good night. He's like, yeah, she's a bitch. Like, oh. <laughs> okay. Good talk. Uh, so, Sigmund 2. He knew everything except where to begin the name of the city. Alexandra. <laughs> The Canyon of the Crescent Moon. <laughs> there, he turns south. <laughs> He's so adamant about the map. I love it. All right. So we've all played puzzle games and enjoyed riddles. It's literally one of my favorite things to do in the entire world. What is your biggest accomplishment of riddle solving that you did not use in Nintendo Power or the Internet or the host of the Escape Room or any other cheat source? To solve the problem. So I know for a fact that um, I had guessed the Sphinx, uh, the, the Sphinx's riddle, like without any help. Yeah. I thought that was kind of neat. Like when D&D? I was a kid, like that, huh? Indeed. No, it wasn't D&D. Like, I mean, someone just like presented it to me when I was a kid. I mean, not like a child, but I think I was like maybe 11 or 12. And I just, I guessed it. I'm like, oh, is it like, you know, is it life? Is it like age? You know, they, you know, get older and younger and yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, that was kind of neat to me, but also, like, definitely... Humble brag. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Humble brag. <laughs> but uh, that there are uh, riddles in, like, the Tomb of Horrors when I had first played uh, that I did get some of them right. And that was that was really fun because it's a thinking man's dungeon. Yes. So that was... I cast Uber Vision. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I walk on the walls. <laughs> I don't touch anything. I have the floating boots. No, you can't do that. You said one magic item. <laughs> Oh, God. God, that game was ruined. My character leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so I never played WoW, World of Warcraft. Okay. But I did play a lot Shame of you. EverQuest. And I had, a, I had a PS2 in like the mid-aughts. And they released on PS2 a game that was EverQuest Online Frontiers. And it was EverQuest that you could play connected to the internet off your PS2. Uh, so I started playing this a lot. And around Christmas... They had a quest. It was the Grinch quest, but it was, of course, spelled G-R-Y-N-C-H. Okay. Uh, but basically, you went and you talked to the Grinch, and he sent you on a quest because he felt bad about screwing with everybody's presents. And you sort of went and found the presents and then gave them to the people. And then finally, you would bring it full circle back to the Grinch and turn, turn the last reward in. And he would give you a trinket that you could activate that would give you double XP for, I think like eight hours, which is 
pretty significant getting double XP in a game like that. Yeah. But the items that you would pick up, the quest items, they're no drop, which means that in your inventory, you can't you can't drop it, you can't give it to anybody, you can't put it in your bank, uh, there's nobody to sell it to, it's just there in your inventory until you, you transfer it or you, you turn it in. But the last present that you have to give to the Grinch, messing around one night, I had hit the button that transfers all of your inventory into the bank, because oh, I was gosh. doing a clean out, and that one item, for some reason, was bugged. That it would go into the bank. So you could run the quest and get the last item you needed to get the Grinch, give to the Grinch to get your double XP thing. And I could put that in the bank and then run the quest over again and basically have in the bank like the final quest item. So you could do your double XP, play your heart out, and then then just fast travel back to the bank, grab the item out, fast travel to Hallis, the barbarian town where the Grinch was hanging out outside of, and turn it in immediately. Score. So it was just a, a nice workaround that nobody else really figured out except for the, the little clan we were playing with. That's legit. So we, we would, you know, as soon as, you know, if we were, if it was a Friday night, everyone was is just running the Grinch quest, tossing the, the next to last item in the bank, and then running it again, and then had enough double XP to just play through the entire weekend if you wanted to. And we thought we were pretty hot shit, but, you know, looking back <laughs> on it, you know, nerdy as hell. That's awesome, though. That's weird. Yeah. Find an exploit like that. That's Pretty awesome. Mine was in fourth grade. I remember uh, Mrs. Kent's fourth grade math class always had, it's called uh, the pie problem of the month. And you basically had like a riddle or this kind of problem that you had to solve. And this is kind of, this is pre-internet. So there was no just like going home and typing out the riddle and then going, oh, yeah, duh, that's the answer. Um, So I really like... We really had to like think about this, and so and I I didn't ask my parents for help. I didn't do anything. You know, I just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this shit out. And it was the riddle of the farmer with the dog, the grain, and the duck. And uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh well, man, that's it's pretty easy. In fourth grade, it's not that easy. Okay, <laughs> just back off. And you have to get all three items across the river. One can't be with the other, but uh, one can be with you know. And so it's a a riddle of placement and. I remember when I figured it out at home, it felt like Charlie Bucket. I've got a golden ticket. (laughs) I just, I loved it. I couldn't believe that I had figured it out. And it was almost like when you're in an escape room and you like ask the, the host, like, wait. I'm, I'm doing this. Is this allowed? Like, you're like, you're lifting something and they're like, yes, you can. (laughs) Okay, good, 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 good. Or they're like, hold on, hold on. Yes. We'll allow it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> High score. <laughs> All right. Segment three. What do you think is going on here? Since I met you, I've nearly been incinerated, drowned, shot at, and chopped into fish bait. Uh, it's a very short meeting for D- uh, Indy and Dr. Schneider, uh, but they also uh, they get to know each other pretty well. And uh, Elsa gets him into a lot of trouble pretty quick. We've all known people in our lives that have uh, done the same, uh, getting us into very precarious situations. And it's amazing when you look back on it, you know, just who that is and how much uh, danger they can put your life in pretty quickly. So who in your life has taken you to the limits and placed you in mortal danger? Double points if you were nearly incinerated, drowned, shot at, or chopped into fish bait. Triple points if they turned out to be a Nazi. And quadruple points if you hooked up with them. True. Well, uh, I had a uh, I had a friend Paul when I was in high school, and uh, through Paul, 
There were instances of running from police, fire marshals, security guards, knocking over... Don't say butchers. <laughs> you say butchers, that's, that's bullshit. No. <laughs> uh, knocking over um, mailboxes and uh, lighting off fireworks that may or may not have set a field on fire. So, whew, we don't talk to Paul anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's doing time in San Quentin. <laughs> no, he actually, he like drifted, he like drifted away from uh, our group of friends and uh, it, it might have been the better for it, but I don't know if it was the better for him. Mm. I know how that goes. I had a buddy uh, when I was a raft guide. Uh, we became very good friends. His name was Vincent. And uh, Vincent had a taste for danger. Love to push things to the edge. Love to do big water or go on the craziest of rapids, backwards, for you know, sideways, whatever. He just wanted to push the limit. Uh, we were good drinking buddies. We just became good friends. Throughout. Was his name Bodie? No, but <laughs> it would have been great. <laughs> Utah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we just go home and fuck the prom queen. Oh, it was the prom queen. Uh, uh, so you have Vincent uh, saying, hey, let's go go raft down the lower Kern, you, me, and Tom Horn, and we'll surf. Let's go. We'll surf the Silver Staircase, which is just a, uh, a class four rapid that is a lot of fun, but quite dangerous. I fell out of the boat, which I've done many times. But I got caught in the surf. And Go between them? Are you crazy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said, don't go between. So I, I'm getting caught up in the surf and I can't get out. And so I am I get about a second of air and then I go back down into the water and I'm just being tossed up over end. Was he just like on the boat going, alarm! <laughs> <laughs> yes, no! We're frantically trying to get back to the spot that we are at, but the water's pushing them away. And after a good 45 seconds of, of struggling, I finally got out. Of, and it was uh, a very scary moment, but I was like, I have Vincent to thank for that life-threatening situation. <laughs> are you still friends with Vincent? Uh, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but I would gladly talk to him. He's a good dude. So, again, back around uh, the mid-aughts, 2004, 2005, my, my, one of my buddies was in a band. And they rented this farmhouse out in Xenia, Ohio. And it was, it was huge, this farmhouse. But it was old. Like, during the winter, they had to duct tape around the windows and, like, put sheeting up to, to winterize it. And so the band lived there. And this was, like, their headquarters. And they had, like, the, the, the barn out back where they would do their, their practices, practice sessions. But this was too much house for them to occupy financially. So they had, other friends and friends of friends come and live and there was probably 10 to a dozen guys living in this house now 10 to a dozen guys in their early 20s is a recipe for bad shit <laughs> lots of bad <laughs> lots of bad shit and uh there was sort of a sect of these guys uh maybe three or four who really heavily started to get into the drug scene uh it started with vicodin and percocet then it moved up to oxycontin and before you knew it like they're full-blown like like snorting and shooting heroin and shit and that got really scary but this was like this was the hangout and you know, it, it didn't end well for a lot of them. And the one guy who I consider to be a, a very good friend, uh, it wasn't until after he got clean and like went to rehab and like after overdosing and was dying a few times 
before we were able to reconnect. Now he's a great guy. He's got a family and, and he's good. But it's just very uncomfortable, like, sitting around with a bunch of guys having beers and, like, one of them is, like, nodding off because he's done a bunch of heroin. Oh. Well. Like, drooling on the table and stuff like that. And so not uh, back... Back around 2010, 2012, I had gone back to visit Ohio. I'd been living in California for a few years. And uh, we went to go see a band downtown uh, Dayton, Ohio, a place called Canal Street Tavern, which was sort of the local live band place to go. And one of the guys who was like the, you know, really into that stuff, uh, he was running the soundboard at this venue. And it was like August in the Ohio humidity, and he's wearing a long-sleeved flannel t-shirt, which is sort of... Mm. And so he had pulled up the sleeve to scratch his arms and still just track marks all over the the crook of his arm. He ended up dying of an overdose about a year later. Um, It just... Yeah. Um, You know, having some beers, doing some drinks and some shots, smoking a little doge every now and again, but this went too far too far and mm-hmm. unfortunately it it killed a few of them so sorry to, it's not not quite <laughs> let's bring it down <laughs> let's bring it bring it down <laughs> let's turn the lights back on <laughs> what does a diary tell you that it doesn't tell us it tells me that goose-stepping morons like yourself should try reading books instead of bad it's uh, a great <laughs> you <line>. do <laughs> all i have to do is squeeze uh great line Great moment. Better message. Henry knows exactly what's up, and a lesson is a big one that the world still doesn't seem to understand. That's 2020. Uh, however, this is a podcast, and we are drinking. Uh, <laughs> so, if you can take a book out of our world, normally it would have unbelievable ramifications. But for now, but for this, only the three of us know like that this book is no longer in the world what book do you choose to remove and why it's almost like the movie yesterday when only those three people know mm-hmm. the beatles that's us right of this book it could be a great book it could be a bad book doesn't matter <laughs> the bible boom yeah boom. so but i i would re- start it off i i would remove the From bible the bibles <laughs> And I would replace it. Not replace the Bible. I would put the Bible back into circulation, but in a manner that the people that are interpreting it in a very poor way. So, just a side question. When you say the Bible, do you mean in it, all of it in its entirety? Every, like, variation and version as well? Yes. Okay. Just yes. to be well, yes. just to be clear. Yeah, because no, I mean, someone's sitting there like the Bible. That's fine. My King James is is good yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Your NIV, thou be little among the thousands. Your NIV, it's yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, but I would the MacArthur. I would I would put it back, and people could. <laughs> it wouldn't. They they they'd remember it. Oh yeah, yeah, the Bible. But just so that you lose. The the people that are interpreting it in a literal sense, like I don't believe the Bible is a magical book like the Holy Grail. I think it's got a lot of amazing content. It's got a lot of good lessons. It also has a lot of questionable content. And how much of the Word of God is it because it's been redacted and edited and revised so much over the centuries, the millennia. Not to mention written by man. Written by man. And, you know, some of these passages were written hundreds of years after after Christ. Like, how literal can you, should you really be taking this? Take the good stuff, yes. Learn from the bad stuff. But 
don't allow something like the Bible, which, again, as we said, edited, redacted, questionable sources, don't take that as the word of God. Like, it's it's the people that are thumping it, it always ends up badly, I think. And that goes for the Quran. Uh, and that goes for... Um, we said one book. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I just think across the board, you know, don't let a piece... Of, don't let a book get in the way of you just using critical thinking and coming up with your own interpretations and your own understanding. Yeah, that's it. And I understand that you would, you would pick the Bible. I would challenge that by saying... The book is also done a lot of good for people, even oh, if it, even if it's more on a quest for like self help, giving them something to believe in, something bigger than them. That's true. I would yeah. agree with that, but I also think it's of, very abused too. Sometimes. Right. I get you. I get you. I would, I would I would say that despite all the good that literally the good book has done, I think that a more highlighted point has come to be the focus on what is what is bad or misinterpreted or I, I personally I like the Jefferson Bible where he sort of edited his own that included just really Jefferson. really the teachings of Christ and not everything else and, and eliminated a lot of sort of the magic that uh, that seemed to be in it oh, oh like God casting out the demons from the man and putting them into the pigs and the pigs drowning themselves. Yeah, sort of things like that. Yeah, I mean, and and I, I don't think humanity needs a book to tell it how to behave at this point in history. You would think. You would think not. You'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. But I mean, people... I mean, even people that don't attend, we like, can't a even religious... agree to put a mask on. Or right? Not. I mean, like, ugh, we we can't Jesus even agree. Christ. Like, if people all people life need is... guidance. Yes. I mean, that's just what it is. Whether or not you get that from a religious affiliation or not, people do need guidance of a kind. And I mean, as Jack, I agree, is putting like if it's done. But don't in, what about Bob it? No, right. Like if you if you if it's done in a wrong manner, or even a spiteful or hateful one, or I, or, or yeah. using passages that are in that to justify some real shitty, one, really, real yeah. shitty actions. Yeah, agreed. And or molding it to what you believe and going, well, this like concrete thank you. It. Like, Thank you. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because people cherry pick the Bible way too so much. Way much. Too much. And it's like, oh, so you don't like, you don't like this? Okay. Did your daughter have sex before she was married? Yeah? Cool. You should take her outside and stone her to death. Yeah. Because that's what's in the Bible too. I mean, just various things that like people are going to explicitly ignore, but rather focus on, I guess, what is easy to take a rather, at times, like pompous soapbox to. Yes. So mine... <laughs> like, move on. Move let's on. move on right now. The Bible too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, Fifty Shades of Grey. It's gone. It's gone. The world is a better place. You're welcome. The three of us. I, I won't get any praise. I won't get any glory, except from the two of you. You guys will know that, like, I photoed the ring. Like, she talks in her sleep. It is done. Like, it will be over and the world will shine the clear like right about now they'd be having the fresh strawberries with cream <laughs> if I were to marry anyone <laughs> yes. oh, rosy <laughs> cotton <laughs> 50 shades of grey I feel like does nothing for us except hold us back as a society does nothing for you but housewives around the world Yes, <laughs> you, want, you want to tie me up smack me around a little bit not really. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a billionaire. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, 
It's gone. Yeah, True. My, my secret, uh, my secret room is not a sex dungeon. It's just full of board <laughs> games and fucking <laughs> RPG rule books. Men want one thing, and it's disgusting. <laughs> Video games? <laughs> yes, they cost way too much. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Thirty terabytes. Oh. <laughs> Along the lines of Fifty Shades of Grey, my first thought was almost like. Let's get rid of Twilight. Let's Ooh, just yeah. let's just make it go that away. That was on the short list. That, that was. was that's on my short list. That is definitely on my short list. And another one, frankly, because I just don't like it. This is still short list. Uh, Great Gatsby. I want it gone. I do not like the Great Gatsby. I want to put Grapes of Wrath. But you shut your mouth. Head now, California way. Over, over. Sorry, Gatsby. I'll, sorry, I'll fight that any day, anytime because that's my that's my heritage. It's just like that's my history. It's just long, but it is long. I agree. No, but, okay, it's long because it's Steinbeck. Steinbeck yes. writes long. You read East of Eden. It's like four chapters of flowers. Yeah, but really well described flowers. I'm not Drew. saying it's not, but it's just long. Okay, my book. <laughs> uh, mein Kampf. Take it away. Ooh. Take it away. Ooh, it does not. You don't need that kind of hatred in this world. But now that that's almost like, a, well, you're, are you, if you take it away, does it go back through history or it's just taken away now? No, it goes back through history. That's what oh, I see. was oh, looking see. at. We're like, that book just never is written. Oh, it's and never what, written at all. What the world is like. Oh, okay. And, and Even, okay. It's like the, like I said, it's like I, yesterday okay. when there is no Beatles. See, okay. See, that's different though. Sorry. And I, I think I misunderstood that because if it's taken away forever, uh, I think a lot more radical things are going to happen if the Bible is taken away. Oh, a lot whole, more radical things. Because I was, I was, because without I was the Bible, I don't think from I, a different way. Hitler's that's probably not going to have the justification to say like, we are the white, we are the white right race okay without saying we are god's chosen people everything is different all right but, but I, I interpreted the bible takeaway a little bit differently it's almost like when you cook a dinner that just it doesn't turn out very well and there's a lot of leftovers turn the bible into those leftovers just for a little while uh that just sort of sit in the back of the freezer like or, the, or the fridge and you're like well, we do have some Bible we, left over. We do, some, <laughs> we do have some of that Bible you made the other night, but man, that chicken was dry. Um, how about we just order pizza? Like, just do that for a little bit, and then it's like, yeah, those leftovers, like the yeah, married pretty well with flavors, you know, better the second day, you know, that sort of thing. Okay. But if it goes back through history, it's even more interesting. Yeah, that's, even more interesting. Like, that's why when you said well, that, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah either way, I mean, crazy. T- take away mind comp from like its origin. Amazing things probably could have actually happened, and a lot of horrible things would have gone away. Oh. Take it away even now. Still, radical hate groups do not have something to base their shit on. And a little bristle, bristle mustached artist may have just remained a failing artist. Exactly. And think of how utopia our world would be without Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> we would be so far advanced without that damn book. <laughs> Sexually repressed scientists could. <laughs> Oh, could finally get their work done. Oh, teenagers <laughs> wouldn't have they they wouldn't have an outlet for all that angst and think that they're special and glittery and vampires. Yes, that may be the true hero. Uh- <laughs> I've had kids ask, they're all like, "Can we get 50 shades of gray for a classroom set?" And I'm like, "No. No. Why would you even ask that?" <laughs> Sure, right next to Hustler. Jesus. (laughs) So, this was a great movie. I loved it. This was indeed a a very, very good movie. Do we have a Patreon special? We do. Ooh. Ooh. We do. Um, We're just going to need about 
$200 million okay. to do Indiana Jones 5. Now, in this one, Indy uh, is in the Temple of Atlantis. Uh, uh, he's found the, the ruins of Atlantis, and he's like he's, he's tracking the Nazis through there because they've stolen an artifact that this he's This isn't interested. Treasure Planet? Because I, I was hoping they would do Treasure Planet. No, but he... <laughs> He follows the the head Nazi uh, Hans Gruber uh, through uh, through a portal that teleports them to modern day America, and oh. and comes to find out that uh, this is all part of an overarching conspiracy called Cerberus. It's a three headed conspiracy uh, where basically it's the flat earthers, the anti vaxxers and the the batshit crazy white supremacist neo nazis and they're putting up 5G cell phone towers these 5G cell phone towers aren't disseminating the coronavirus it's mind control to make more people believe in batshit crazy conspiracy theories really this is just a vehicle to have crotchety old Harrison Ford beating the shit out of some redneck redneck Nazis. Are they all microchipped because they got tested for the yeah, COVID? Yeah, okay. no, no, Bill okay. Gates plays Denholm Elliott in this. Alexandra! Indy, the vaccine needle is my idea. They're the sword! <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh th- that's gosh. it. Wow, just yeah, just yeah. That's contrib- the fun. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. We don't get an ending yet. We just wrote an outline. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we need the funding. Yeah. to fully flesh this out. So uh, Steven Spielberg, if you're out there, George <laughs> Lucas, hey. we'll take you. Yeah, just no robots, George. Please, no robots. No robots. We totally skipped the whole battle. Which battle? The, I mean, the tank battle. The tank battle, and like, oh, I did like him, whole, like hanging on, and I was wonder. I always wondered, like, how much dirt got in his mouth. And I love that. He, so, like that. That was one of the first, like, Vigo Mortensen. Oh, like he broke his foot when he kicked the helmet. Like that's the first one of those that I ever heard where Harrison Ford stapled his hat onto his head when he was, and I'm like. <laughs> What the shit? Yeah. He stapled his hat so it wouldn't fly off. And you watch it, you're like, it's not coming off because of the staples. He did that. Viggo Mortensen. You know, that, that was the first. When, when the uh, troop carrier pulls up and all the Nazis get off <laughs> and he pulls out the Luger from the guy's holster and shoots through like five or six guys. <laughs> and I love how they're all bobbleheaded and they fall different ways. Okay, great. He's probably looking at it like. Oh, maybe I do need a German gun. <laughs> <laughs> the the part where he's like about to put his head on the tracks though, I'm sorry, but if his face does touch that, like in real life, I'm pretty sure that just like shreds oh. your face off. Oh yeah, it would it would rip it off. I mean like just uh, looking at Sean Connery laying back face. on it. My <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Sean Connor's face is like, "Ow, oh, son of a bitch, get me up!" Oh, no, no. Take the fucking elephant. <laughs> uh, oh, but I do love God. that he just like puts the rock in the in the. Uh, right. Like, oh, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem I think I have that entire thing is where he's all like, "Dad, son." Dad, you could not hear him on the outside of that tank. I don't care how when he's like yelling down when he's yelling out oh, no, of the tank when he's yelling into the yeah, tank. Okay. I don't care how loud you're yelling. And again, back to the sound engineering when the gun goes off in the tank. There's the <laughs> pew 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 thump. <laughs> ah, <laughs> such a fantastic movie. It is a good, so good. Uh, how would you guys rate 
this wonderful film? Well, I'm going to go a bit unconventional here. I'd, I'd rate it one one cup out of one. There's Ooh. only one Last Crusade. This is probably one of the most, like I said before, it's, it's, it's so watchable, so enjoyable. And folks, we each watched this movie three times, three times in about a week. Yes. Week to ten days. And I had no problem with that. It's so quotable. It's so much fun. The special effects, the acting, the cast. Ah! We didn't even talk about the special effects when um, Long Con, I can never think of his name. Donovan? Donovan. When yeah, Donovan when dies. dies. Okay. The first scene to be completely like digitized, it took three months and three separate puppets the aging process is done in reverse. It's like a it's a it's a machine inside the head to push the what hair out. What is happening? What is balloons, happening? Balloons were put in like on top of his skull, and they were actually inflated. And when he was dying, they were deflating to go in, make it look all sunken in. Oh my god! Okay, and he then has over, chosen poorly. So over three months of filming three different puppets for that whole scene to be dying seamlessly spliced together. Well, but he had to top the melting Nazi he faces. He did Raiders have to top the, the melting Star. Nazis. Or like ripping hearts out of dude's chest in, in Temple of Doom. And right. I, I think they really did that well. Yeah. So the one thing that I kind of like, we go back to, I think, like Tomb of Horrors real quick. In the room where uh, uh, Jehovah starts with an eye, and he mm. breaks that that one, wouldn't... Uh, wouldn't the rest fall? No, well, not just that, but like, wouldn't there be a lot of broken tiles from people trying to get through. Maybe, or maybe no one's made it that far. Yeah, maybe everyone's the, maybe just got the their heads cut up. One. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm surprised. Maybe, oh, I, I'm there's surprised nobody's out there. Indy didn't walk past like a, a mop and bucket from the grill <laughs> night having to, to occasionally come out, clean the blades and, and mop up all the viscera. You know, he's like carrying away bodies <laughs> from people trying. <laughs> Suppression. <laughs> I think <laughs> I told you, the DVD special features is showing him going down into, like, the underbelly and, like, replacing tiles, throwing away dead bodies. Yo, what's up, MTV Cribs? <laughs> Here we is, are. This is my temple. <laughs> A stare. Up, 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 up. And then the tunnel. <laughs> this is the call. I call this the leap of faith. <laughs> and y'all know this it. is, uh, this is my, my, uh, my chalice, my goblet room. <laughs> And if you do Sleep fall bling. off the lip of play, there's a ball pit at the bottom. <laughs> You're going to go. <laughs> You're going to have so much fun. Uh, how would you rate this film? I would give this movie four and a half out of five sips from the cup. Okay. This is a solid film. I greatly enjoy it. I won't give it a five only for the fact that Temple of Doom is the one that just like first got me to love Indiana Jones. So it, it wins my heart for nostalgia factor only. Do I think that Last Crusade is a better movie? Yes. Hands down. Fair enough. But still The super. heart wants what the heart wants. I yeah. get it, right? It's okay. Yeah. If four motorbikes with Nazis were approaching me, <laughs> I would do multiple maneuvers to beat each one and take pleasure doing it. Four out of four, and I even like the color. And I even like, <laughs> like the, the Rolls Royce Phantom Two. I love this film. This I felt almost like guilty picking this for my biblical because really? because it, I think it was the best pick you could have done. <laughs> I mean Theoretically, I should have picked some shitty like gods and kings or like you know no, <laughs> but but yeah, this is just enough where it lends to the religious side to qualify as biblical, and this is one of my favorite films. So yeah, I had a no, shoehorn. There's no there's no guilt here. There's no shame. 
What's coming up for us? Mm. Well, uh, next time I'm going to bring you guys a survival movie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I will survive. And after, after that, uh, we're going to have our first Patreon chosen movie. Mm. And then there after you. the Patreon, it goes back to Jack. I think we'll do music. <gasps> music. Yeah. We can't do Hamilton. Good to know. No, no it, it, it violates the prime directive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pelinor, blast it! <laughs> whoa, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Yes. Well, guys, you can always find us up on Twitter, at Pod. You can search for us on Facebook and Instagram. Search for The Real Feels Podcast. We're always there. Send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, any other podcatcher out there. We're here for you every other week, bringing you a different movie of a different genre every single time. Fortnightly. And we love those five-star reviews, so hop on to iTunes and give those five-star reviews if you can. Landing gear. Um, <laughs> and call the Tooch line. We like to hear from you. We'd love to hear someone been, from the Tooch line. It's been quite a It's been a while. Quiet. It's been a long time. <laughs> Getting from Tooch to here. <laughs> but that call is finally here. Boom. Okay. Uh, Theater Drew coming out. <laughs> Rare I've got faith in the Tooch. Call us and let us know your thoughts now. <laughs> if you want to find us tickled, you'll have to Tooch us. You have out, to tooch reach us. Out and tooch us. Reach out and tooch us. So, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you guys in two weeks. And until then, remember, you're the realist. And the feelist. He speaks the languages. He knows all the local customs. He'll blend in with Doesn't any luck. Hear. He's got the grail already. <laughs> Does anybody here speak English? <laughs> oh, no, ancient no. Greek. No, no, no. The fish make love at that. No, I'm vegan. No, no, it's fine. Mr. <laughs> Follow me. I know the way. The dog? <laughs> Named after the dog? What is this junior? Jones, oh.